Well, hello, brothers and sisters. I am Daniel Morgan of Go Ye Harvest Outreach Ministry. Today is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Brothers and sisters, we have much to be thankful for. We have much to rejoice over because our God is in control and he reigns. So as we celebrate each and every day, let's remember to give thanks unto the Lord and bless his name because he is good. So brothers and sisters, thank you for watching this, which is our ninth and our final recording in a series called Fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit are taken, as you know, brothers and sisters, from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Today we will conclude this series by talking about the last fruit, which is self-control. And as you recall, brothers and sisters, from my other recordings, the other fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, forbearance, that's patience or tolerance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the Word of God says, against these things, brothers and sisters, there is no law. So as you may recall, brothers and sisters, from our previous recording, we said that we are to live our lives in holiness and sanctification. We said that the Holy Spirit gives us these fruits so that we can live our lives by the Spirit and that we can walk in the Spirit. We used a number of scriptures, brothers and sisters, to lay the foundation for this teaching. And we said that Hebrews Chapter 12, verse 14, was a foundational scripture for this teaching, and that it says, To follow peace with all men, for holiness without no man shall see the Lord. We also said, brothers and sisters, over in First Peter, that is chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. But just as he who called you is holy, be ye holy, for it is written, Be holy because I am holy. And brothers and sisters, we said that the word of God tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, but we ought to always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. We also say, brothers and sisters, 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 11. And this is what some of you were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. And lastly, brothers and sisters, we said that John chapter 17, verse 17, where it says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen to the glory of God. So brothers and sisters, let's look at this ninth fruit, the fruit of the spirit of self-control. You know, a primary point, brothers and sisters, that I want you to remember is God's spirit. That is the Holy Spirit, which Jesus promised before he ascended into heaven, helps us to control our thoughts and our actions. And you know, as we are told in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, let me read this uh, passage of scripture to you and if you have your Bible I want you to turn there and it says for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust 
we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Brothers and sisters, the word of God is telling us how we're to live. But we cannot live this way, brothers and sisters, without the Holy Spirit. You see, we must deny those things that are ungodly, those things that are sin that will come into our lives, those things that are lustful. We have to deny those things and live our lives according to the word of God, soberly, righteously, righteously, and godly. And we can only do this by the Holy Spirit that indwells in us and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So, brothers and sisters, let's, let's ask that question you're waiting to ask. What does self-control mean? I'm so glad you asked. You see, because if you were to Google or look this word in a dictionary, you'll find the meaning of this word similar to this. Self-control means the ability to control yourself or oneself and particularly to control one's emotions and desires, that is, your emotions and desires, my emotions and, and desires, or the expression of them in our behavior, especially when we are going through difficult situations, brothers and sisters. So, now, why is it so important that we have this self-control? Well, it is most important, brothers and sisters, because without self-control in our lives, there's nowhere in the world that we can live lives that are pleasing and acceptable to God. Look at what the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 7, verse 14 through 24. It reads as follows, brothers and sisters. If, if you have your Bible, I want you to go there, and we're going to read what the Word of God says. And it says, brothers and sisters... But we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, so under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I would like to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate to do, that I do. If then I do not do what I would like to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I, brothers and sisters, who do it but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is sin in my flesh, nothing good dwells in me. For the good that I would like to do is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I cannot find it. For the good that I would like to do, I do not do. But the evil that I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. For if I do what I would not like to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that is evil present with me, that one who wills to do good, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, that is with my inner being, I delight in the law of God. But I see another law at work in my members warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, what a wretched man I am! Who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, do you notice what Paul is saying there? He has summed it up. There's no way in the world, because of the law of sin that is at work in all of our lives because of the fall, when Adam fell, he brought sin into the world, and every one of us since that, since that time has been born into sin. And we claim to do those things that are contrary to the will of God. 
And without the Lord Jesus in our lives, as he says there in verse 24, in, in verse 24, oh, what a wretched person I am. And in 25, we find the answer. That is, I thank God for Jesus Christ. With Jesus Christ in our, in our, with Jesus Christ in our lives, brothers and sisters, we can live lives of holiness and righteousness because of self-control. This ninth fruit of the Spirit. And that's the reason why it is the last one, number nine, because it is the glue, in my opinion, that hold all the other eight fruit of the Spirit together. This, this, this fruit of the Spirit of self-control holds it all together. You see, brothers and sisters, because of what Jesus did and by the Holy Spirit, we have self-control over our lives. We have to refuse to yield the temptation, brothers and sisters, to the sin that will keep us from doing bad things. We have to make sure that we do that which is good and pleasing to God. We have to keep ourselves from doing bad things. We have to refuse to yield to temptation, to sin. We have to refuse, brothers and sisters, and we can only do this by the Holy Spirit with self-control. We must remember, brothers and sisters, that to yield to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we must remember that we must, we must yield. And yielding to the Holy Spirit means that we do not quench the Spirit. That is when that silent voice or that unction that is inside of us is urging us not to do something we shouldn't do, we should listen to it and not do it. You know, oftentimes, brothers and sisters, it's not easy. I understand that it's not easy, and you know it full well. That is not easy, brothers and sisters, sometimes not to do things we would like to do because we lack self-control in the moment. You know, we're all vulnerable to sinning, and we need self-control. In these moments, brothers and sisters, of trials and tribulations and troubles and issues and problems and challenges and just the stuff of life, as the storm rages about us, we have to remember to hold on to God. We must remember to exercise self-control. Especially, brothers and sisters, in those moments when we believe that we have been wronged by someone else, we have been lied upon, we have been misused or abused, brothers and sisters. We have been denied a promotion or a job or, or some sort of recognition that we believe we deserve and we may very well justly deserve it. But remember, brothers and sisters, what the Word of God says in Second Chronicles uh, chapter 10, verse number 15. And that is, we are not to be afraid. We are not to be discouraged, brothers and sisters, for the battle is God. The Word of God tells us the battle is the Lord's. We must let God fight our battles, brothers and sisters. We must let Him fight our battles. Yes, brothers and sisters, it is okay to get angry. Jesus became angry and the word of God tells us that he made a whip out of cords and he drove the money, the money changers and others out of the temple. He had a righteous indignation. He was angry and upset and he threw the money changing tables over and ran them out. And we too are going to get angry. It's a natural human emotions. But we must remember in those moments that we do exactly as the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter uh, chapter 4, verse 26 and 27, where it says, brothers and sisters, in our anger, do not sin. 
And then he goes on to say, do not let the sun go down with you still being angry. Otherwise, you will allow the devil to gain a foothold. You know, you let that thing just sit there and fester. And the more you think about it, the more it fester, the more Satan has a foothold to cause you to sin, to do something that you shouldn't sin. Okay? Now, when the Apostle Paul said this, he more than likely had in mind Psalms number four, you see, because all of the apostles and the people of the day of Jesus and the Jews, they knew the Old Testament scriptures, and surely he was familiar with Psalms number four because this came directly from Psalms number four. So let's go over to Psalms number four, brothers and sisters, and see what the Word of God has to say about this. And I'm going to read this to you, brothers and sisters. So it says in the Word of God in Psalms number four, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Verse number three says, But know that the Lord has set apart for him those who are godly. And here's what Paul said. Be angry, but do not sin. And the word of God here goes on to say, Meditate within your heart on your bed, and be still. Again, meditate and think on God and allowing God to fight your battle while you be still, okay? You have peace of God. You have the peace of God and you be still, okay? That's what the word of God is telling us here. And then I like how over here in verse number seven and eight, the word of God says, you have put gladness in my heart more than in the season that brings grain and wine to increase. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. Brothers and sisters, when you turn it over to the Lord, when you allow the Lord to fight your battle, when you get angry but do not sin, when you lie on your bed at night and ponder that thing, meditate upon it, and meditate, meditate upon the word of God, and turn it over to God, turn it over to Jesus, he will make everything all right. And he will give you peace and you will sleep well and rest in safety. Okay, brothers and sisters, don't you just love the word of God? Don't you just love the way the Lord speaks to us through scripture about all of the situations that come into our lives? Amen. So remember, my brothers and sisters, that we must practice self-control by the Holy Spirit so that we are obedient to the word of God as we're told in Romans chapter 12 verse 19 where it says do not take revenge my dear friend but leave room for God's wrath for it is written it is mine to avenge I will repay says the Lord brothers and sisters you do not re you do not take revenge when someone wrongs you or do you wrong or do harm to you you don't try to take revenge you let the Lord God avenge you because God says in his word, I will repay. Repay what? I will repay those who have done you wrong. So trust in the word of God and believe him and he will take care of you in all situations, brothers and sisters. You know, brothers and sisters, we have a perfect example of what this self-control is all about. And this example is found in the Lord Jesus. You see, Yes, Jesus is the Son of God. 
And yes, God did send him to this world for a mission. But Jesus came here in the manner and in the fashion of a man. He came here in flesh and blood. He experienced all of the anxieties, all of the frustrations, all of those human emotions that we go through because he often called himself the son of man. Remember what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane? You know, the word of God tells us that, <coughs> that Jesus prayed. And the word of God says that Jesus prayed and said, Father, take this cup away from me. Take this cup away from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. And the word of God says that as Jesus prayed, the sweat poured off him like drops of blood. Jesus was in agony, in agony. He didn't want to go to that cross. But then when the soldiers and the Pharisees and others came to arrest Jesus, Jesus told the one with him that had a sword to put your sword away after he had cut off the ear of one of the, the people that came to arrest him. Jesus said, no one takes my life. I lay my life down and I will take it up again. He then went on to say, Do you not know I can call upon my Father and He will send ten legions of angels? Now, brothers and sisters, you need to understand the, and grasp what Jesus is saying there. In a Roman legion, there were four to six thousand men. And the Word of God tells us in the Old Testament that one angel went out and slew 185,000 soldiers in the Assyrian army. In the Syrian army. Can you imagine what even a thousand angels could have done? But no, Jesus was obedient to death, even through the crucifixion and the horrible death that he had to endure. He practiced self control and obedience, obedience to God the Father. So, my brothers and sisters, as I close, uh, remember what we are told in the Word of God over in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, where it says that. Brothers and sisters, if you think you're standing firm and you, you're living all right, be careful. Be careful that you don't fall. And remember this, brothers and sisters, the word of God says, no temptation has come upon you or me that has not come upon other people that are common to mankind. So brothers and sisters, don't think because you're enduring something, you're the only one and you're enduring it more so than anyone else has ever had to do it. That's just not what the word of God says. But remember this. Even if it feels that way, brothers and sisters, remember the word of God says in the same passage of scripture that God is faithful and he would not let us be tempted beyond anything that we can bear. The word of God says that when we are tempted in this manner, God will provide a way out so that we can endure and not stumble and fall. We must hold out and we must hold on. And I'm preaching to Daniel Morgan today because I find myself in that situation more times than I would like. And I have to remember to turn to the word of God and trust in his word. And, and, and remember what he says right here. When, when, when something isn't going the way I would like for it to go, or things are not, are not turning out the way I thought they would turn out, or when it seems like God does not answer my prayers, and I'm in that weary and, and, and dry land, I'm in that drought season it seems like, God, Lord, where are you? Or do you hear my prayers? I have to remember to hold on, because it is during these moments that we're often tempted by Satan, and we may very well be tested by God, because he does test us. And he tests us to make us stronger. That's what the word says. Okay, brothers and sisters. So brothers and sisters, let's just remember, we must live 
godly lives of holiness and sanctification in a manner that is pleasing and acceptable to God, brothers and sisters, so that we can be can we, so that we don't have those issues in our lives that we become very regretful and sorrowful about. So when we live our lives, brothers and sisters, in, in this manner, we can truly demonstrate all of the fruits of the Spirit that are given to us in God's Word by the Apostle Paul over in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And for the last time in this series, we'll save them again. You know what they are. Save them with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, brothers and sisters, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we know, brothers and sisters, that against these things, there is no law, and we should express them by the Holy Spirit. These fruits of the Spirit grows in our lives, brothers and sisters, when we are living with and yielding to the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us as the children of God. Brothers and sisters, this concludes our nice series on the fruits of the Spirit. And I pray that it has been a blessing to you. And as I know it has been a tremendous blessing to me as I have studied God's Word, done research to prepare these presentations to you. Know that God loves you. Know that we love you. But He loves you more. Peace and blessings in abundance. Until the next time.